All right, so today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, picking music for a middle school choir. Um, so just to give you a little background about the choirs that I have, I currently have a sixth grade mixed choir, seventh grade mixed choir, eighth grade mixed choir, and an eighth grade girls choir. I also have an auditioned choir that's made up of seventh and eighth graders that's extracurricular, um, and they do a little bit more challenging music um, than even my eighth grade mixed would. Um, so when I'm picking music, I am very mindful about picking something that is going to relate to the student. And I know that probably seems very obvious. Um, since I am a fairly young teacher, I'm 26. And again, I've just uh, started my fifth year of teaching. Um, I feel like it's easier for me to stay in tune with popular things that are happening, trends, technology, you know, famous people, um, popular songs that are on the radio, et cetera, et cetera, than it might be for an older teacher. Now, again, I'm completely generalizing. I don't want you to think that I'm assuming older teachers are not quote-unquote cool, and I don't think that just because you know someone famous makes you quote-unquote cool. Uh, I'm just saying that it's, again, easier for me to just stay in touch with that kind of stuff. So if you find that you are maybe a little out of touch with that, I would challenge um, you to turn on a popular radio station, even if it's music you don't like, like I don't really like rap music, but I will try to listen to some every once in a while just so I understand um, references and just, you know, everything that the kids are listening to I want to know about. Um, and just challenge yourself to be in the know because not only is that going to help you make informed um, repertoire decisions, but it's also going to help you connect um, with the students, obviously. Um, so I really try to pick something that's going to be um, relatively interesting to them. One thing I find that middle school directors and maybe high school directors too, I find them doing a lot is music that in my eyes is a little on the boring side. And I think the argument is, is that it's like some tried and true folk song, or maybe it's some song that, you know, five years ago a choir they had really, really enjoyed and really liked. But five years is a long time. I mean, things have changed a lot in five years. And I just... I don't know why those songs get picked by certain directors, but I think um, sometimes you really have to cater to your students and not do something that you like just because you like it. Now, on the flip side of that, you are the teacher, you are the director, you get to make whatever call you want. But again, this is how I'm making my decisions on repertoire. So there's some songs that like I did when I was in middle school and I really loved, and I, they're still kind of in um, circulation right now, but I'm like, I was in middle school in like 2004, and I don't think that uh, my kids are really going to like necessarily all the music from that realm. Um, so uh, as I'm picking music, I'm also being very conscious about variety. Every year I always present my students at least one foreign language. And as my students progress throughout their three years in middle school, I also try to um, expose them to three different languages. My primary, primary um, three are Spanish, um, Latin, and then the third one kind of changes. It's either maybe French or um, German or um, those are the two that I've kind of gone back and forth with. But I think Spanish and Latin or like Italian are um, really important because those come up all the time. Um, the third one, again, I kind of just play around with whatever is available and what um, is going to relate to them the most. 
Um, even as sixth graders, I throw them into foreign language. I think that's so important. There's tons of good music out there um, that introduces foreign language in a really easy and attainable way. And that also uses, you know, a lot of repetition. It uses English translations. Um, and I think that makes it really attainable and successful for um, even a beginning choir. Um, another thing I always try to do with my students, I do pop music, and I usually say that for the spring, and I know a lot of us do. I know some people are really against doing pop music in choir. I, I disagree. I think there's a lot of really cool pop arrangements. I think just because it's a pop song doesn't mean it's a bad song. Um, they can learn a lot about music within that song, especially if they're presented with a harmony to the melody. Like Just because they know the song already doesn't mean they've experienced it in this way before. Um, and there's lots of different connections you can pull from pop music. So I think it's super important to um, introduce a pop song. I always do a fast, slow, fast selection um, with all my choirs just to try to keep that broken up. Um, I don't know why, but I am drawn to slow songs. I just, a lot of times slow songs have like really rich harmonies and just have a lot more drama. I feel like you can pull phrasing and like I don't know there's something about it that I just love so it's it's sometimes really a challenge for me to not do all slow songs um so I really try to get the fast song especially for middle schoolers they don't like slow songs as much as I do some of them do but as a whole choir they are not drawn to them like I am so I try to have that variety I find that when I'm looking on I look primarily on JW Pepper for my music and as I'm looking through that, I do find there's a lot of kind of, um, how do I describe it? Ho-dunky music. <laughs> That's not really the word. But like songs that are just uh, immature for this grade level. Now, I do not get me wrong. I know that middle schoolers are immature. Who do I know they are immature? We all know they're immature. But they do not connect with a song that's about grasshoppers and what have you like it's just there's some songs on there that are like three-part mix so that is three-part mix is generally a middle school choir doing that um and that that subject matter just does not fit um so I really try to avoid those and I wish there was more um thought-provoking material at the middle school level don't get me wrong I like to do light stuff too but I I wish people knew that middle schoolers can think more. Um, I did this song last year um, called Don't Be Seen. And I'll have to look up who it's by because it's very, very good. I highly recommend it. I did it with my eighth graders. It's, a, it's either SAB or three-part mixed. Um, and it was so successful because the material in it, the text, was all about kind of running away and escaping something but it never defined what that something was. So we talked about with the choir about how they needed to come up with their something that they're escaping from. And they had such a great connection with it. And that kind of music works so well with middle schoolers because they want to have those deeper connections with the music. If they're singing about grasshoppers and celery and whatever else, they aren't connecting to it. It might be fun for a little bit, but rehearsing it for months is not going to be fun. You're not going to get the emotional response that you want. So I really love finding pieces that, you know, challenge them to think because I think they want to be. Um, maybe that's just me and my students, but 
that's kind of what I look for. Um, let's see. In the fall this year, I'm actually starting to do a themed concert. And I've never done a themed concert before. So I'm a little bit nervous about how it's going to go. Because a lot of times I like to pick my music just based on the quality of music, the fit for the choir, um, variety, fast, slow, fast, all that good stuff I already talked about. And I don't want to be put into a box like, oh, now I need to do all those things and I can only do it about this one subject. So that's what scares me a little bit about it. Um, but this fall I'm doing my themed concert about colors. And I liked that I did that as my first theme because as you can probably guess, there are quite a few songs that are colors. Um, for the fall, since we start, actually we start August 1st and today's the uh, 25th. So we start school back um, very soon. Um, and my fall concert is in October. Um, so I am only going to do two songs for each choir in the fall concert. This is the first year we've had a fall concert. Um, it's a long story, but the kids are not really going to be used to having a performance that soon. Um, so I'm kind of just adjusting and um, throwing it at them uh, without too much pressure to start off. So it's nice to only have to pick two songs per choir. I usually do three um, within the theme and, and try to do all these other things I've already talked about. Um, so if you have any ideas about themed concerts, I'd love to hear those because I think it's a really cool concept. I think students will buy into music a lot quicker when they realize that they're all connected in some way. I think it's a way to expose myself to new music because even though I've only been teaching for five years or this is my fifth year, um, I do get into a rut where I'm like, oh, I like this Don't Be Seen song. I'm like, I can't wait to do this again. And I'm sure um, older teachers um, run into that as well. So challenging myself with a theme to kind of get out of my comfort zone and learn new music and, and experience that with my students, I think is a really positive thing. I have a mentor teacher, she was my middle school director actually, um, who does a themed concert every year and she, I'll have to get her on this podcast, but she um, goes all out, she will have um, her classroom decorated to match her theme, um, she usually incorporates a field trip of some sort with her theme, um, like one year she did it all about like traveling or like Route 66 themed and near her is like... Um, I think she said it was like a car plant and they were able to like go take a tour and I mean, which sounds really random for a choir class, but it was just really cool to um, really do some cross-curricular stuff within music. And I love incorporating that kind of stuff with a color theme that might be a little tricky um, since color is kind of broad. Um, but I, again, since I'm just now trying it, I'm just kind of getting my feet wet. I don't know if I will fully engulf um, like she does. But man, she does some awesome work. And she says every year, the first day, she will reveal the theme. And the kids get really excited. And she has all these posters. And it's this whole big thing. And they are so invested in it. And I just, I love that idea. Because um, with having that theme, I don't know why, it just kind of ties everything in together. And just creates um, an environment that they, the students are excited to be in and be a part of and be contributing to. Um, so those are some ideas for how I pick my repertoire and just kind of thinking really generally and not obviously not specific at all. Now I did want to provide you with some um, ideas for repertoire that I'm looking at trying this year and then some that I've already done that were pretty tried and true. Now of course I feel like this can only be relevant or yeah relevant um, 
for maybe a year or two because things change so much. Kids change so much. Your group is different from my group, et cetera, et cetera. But um, just kind of giving out some ideas. So this year for my color concert, I'm looking at doing Ease On Down the Yellow Brick Road, um, the Sally K. Albrecht arrangement for SAB. Blue Waters of the North, it's a two-part by P. Wolf. What Color is the Music, two-part by T. Porter. Um, I'm also looking at doing Mr. Blue Sky for my SSA, which is my eighth grade girls choir. True Colors is an option um, for SSA. Again, my girls choir, I'm unsure about that one just because of some range that's arranged by uh, Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly. Looking at Colors of the Wind, uh, that one's always been a good one and worked well. Um, that one's SAB, which will be my eighth grade choir, um, arranged by Alan Lincoln and Stephen Schwartz. Also looking at the Song of Purple Summer, I think this is really important to, to mention. It's an SSA arrangement by Brimer. Um, this is really relevant right now because of that show Rise. Rise really focused on um, Spring Awakening as their primary musical, and I have a lot of students who watch that show. Now, it was only one season, and it was discontinued, so maybe that's kind of fall away, but Spring Awakening is kind of coming back because of that show, so I think that will be a really good pick. Blackbird by Audrey Snyder. It's a three-part mixed arrangement for my seventh grade choir, and that's my start right now. Um, I'm still kind of poking around. I think that I might end up picking more than I need and trying them out. I really like to try them with my students and kind of let my students have a say in it. Now, I know ultimately it's my decision, um, but I like to have them have some ownership in that um, just so then they maybe will perform it a little bit better. A couple others that I'm looking at doing this year, um, there's one called CC Mimoja, or I think it might be either Moja or Moya, I'm not, I have to do some more research. Um, they did it in Honor Choir, I am in Indiana, um, this January, and Honor Choir is generally SAB or SATB music, um, but they do have a two-part arrangement that I am excited to do, as well as they had another one called um, 900 Miles. Yes, it's 900 Miles. Um, the arrangement I got is by Philip um, Sylvie. And again, I'm going to do that either in SAB or an SA two-part arrangement. Um, the other song that I loved last year that I already mentioned called Don't Be Seen that I highly recommend um, is by Stuart Chapman Hill. And that actually only comes in a three-part mixed, um, but I did do it with eighth grade last year, which typically I pick baritone for the um, the gentlemen or the bass voices. Um, but this one worked. There were some higher moments, but it actually went pretty low for a three-part mix too. Um, so I would recommend this for more of an SAB choir than um, a three-part mix, which I generally pick for like a seventh grade choir where my boys' voices are changing still. Another great song I did last year for my spring concert, which I generally do pop music for spring, but I'll also throw in some movie music or musicals. Um, I did He Lives in You from The Lion King. I did that with my sixth grade choir. Um, the arrangement I used is by Mark Brimer and comes in two-part SAB or SATB. I did a two-part arrangement with my sixth graders. Another sixth grade piece, I don't know why I'm partial to my sixth grade pieces, but oh well, um, is uh, Sing to Me. That's by Andrea Ramsey. Ooh, that was another, like, just, it's very, it's slow, but it allows for so much beautiful phrasing and expression, and, the, and it's a deeper one, and the students really connected with it. That was one of their favorite songs. It comes in a two-part arrangement or an SATB if you are um, doing some uh, high school choir or maybe a more advanced middle school choir. 
moving a little away from the sixth grade realm, I did um, Stand Together last year, or two years ago, I guess, with my um, eighth grade women's choir, or a treble choir. Um, and the arrangements they have, it's by Jim Papalis. I think that's how you say his name. He is amazing, man. I feel like all his music is so good. Um, he has a three-part treble and an SSAB arrangement, which is kind of interesting. Um, great song. Another one that provides some um, deep text, um, but it's not slow, which <laughs> I find like a lot of the deeper text, you know, is a slower song. And this one has more of a uh, driving rhythm behind it, which is nice. Um, highly recommend that one. If you're looking for a challenge, not only for your singers, but maybe for yourself and also for your accompanist, um, there is a song called Ritmo. Oh my goodness, this song is so fun. Um, the arranger is Dan Davison. I think it is typically done with a high school choir. However, um, they have an SAB arrangement and really what it is, it's a soprano tenor and alto bass all in the same line. So I did end up splitting my baritones into two parts. I wouldn't say the range was unattainable, so I don't think you really need to spend too much time figuring out your tenors and basses if you don't have a large um, baritone section, but really just splitting them in half and kind of um, dividing up your strong singers so they can sing separately, which is, I know it's challenging, but realistically it's more of a two-part piece because the, the, the baritones that are put with the sopranos are singing the same stuff the baritones that are put with the altos are singing the same stuff as the altos. So again, pretty, um, I don't want to say easy, but melodically it's not too hard. It is in Spanish, so that makes it hard. There is a an ex pretty extensive clapping part, and it took a long time. There's also some leg slapping and some stomping and, and all that. Um, but man, this piece was fun. It took a lot of work. Um, I had to really prep it. And um, I, know for, I don't know about you guys, but for a lot of middle school music, I, I don't want to say I don't practice it, but I, you don't need to practice it as much because it is pretty simple and it's predictable harmonies, etc. Um, this one I needed to practice, especially those claps, and it was hard, and it was hard to conduct the claps too. Um, the other challenging part about this is that it is a four-hand piano part, so it's two accompanists. Um, so just keeping all that in mind, if you're up for a challenge that one is worth it. It is great. Again, Ritmo by Dan Davison. That comes in TTBB or SATB if you are so inclined to do those. Um, going back to pop music for a second, there's a really good arrangement of Rise, which is a Katy Perry song from 2016. Again, this name might only last for a few more years, but um, I did it with my eighth grade girls choir, so I did an SSA arrangement. There's an SAB and an SATB arrangement by Mac Huff. Um, that one went really well. Some really good, but learnable harmonies in there um, that the my girls really like to learn. Um, a musical one that I really liked is called Make Them Hear You um, from Ragtime, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. There's an arrangement by Lynn, I'm going to say her name wrong, Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty. Actually, that's who it's by. The arrangement is funk. Excuse me. Um, I did an SAB arrangement of that with my eighth grade choir a couple years ago. There is a TTBB and an SATB arrangement. Um, great message and of course you can tell the story about how this was really about segregation and you know nothing's black or white like it says in the song um but man does it apply today there's so much you can and make this really relevant for them um so that one was a big hit with my eighth graders a great piece that i'm so excited just got kind of um recognized again because of this uh, movie sing um is don't you worry about a thing 
there's a great arrangement by Roger Emerson on JW Pepper. I did the SAB arrangement with my seventh grade choir. Now this was in the spring of their seventh grade year, so I had a more um, changed voice uh, baritones that that worked with them. A lot of times I try to do a three-part mix with my seventh grade because of the range. Um, they also have a two-part version of that. I've never done that, but that would be kind of fun. Um, and they come with the CDs and all that. I also did this for jazz contests. If you, I don't know if you're state organization um, does that, but we did participate with this song and it was really fun. There's a great pop arrangement um, called Hold Back the River that's originally by James Bay. Um, Roger Emerson does the arrangement and I did that with my eighth grade choir and we actually added in some choreography with that um, and it was really fun. There's a two-part arrangement of that and an SATV arrangement of that. Um, I liked that, that piece a lot and it's not necessarily in your face pop. Um, I think it it really fits nicely as a choral arrangement, and my students liked it. Um, going back to more of a contest or festival piece, my sixth grade choir last year did a song called Gade Amos Odie um, by Marilyn Lightfoot that also has a nice um, clapping part in it. The clapping in it is not nearly as difficult as the ritmo that I recommended earlier, um, but it does provide a good challenge for them. Also, the Latin is great, um, but it's repetitive, and there's some... Um, English in there as well. That comes in a two-part, which is what I did with my sixth graders, but they also have a three-part mix and an SATB. Back to pop again. Um, my seventh graders last year did Counting Stars, which is originally by One Republic. One Republic has some great pop music just because it is so naturally pop, but everything in, they, in their songs, well, I can't say everything, but everything I've done is clean, which is so hard to find in pop music. So just a little heads up about One Republic. They're pretty great. Um, but Mark Brimer does an arrangement of Counting Stars and I did the three-part mixed, uh, but they also have a two-part and an SATB. Every year in my district, we do what we call a Just the Guys concert. And as you can imagine, it's all gentlemen. Um, and it's the 7th and 8th grade boys from the two middle schools and then all of the boys in high school choir. And they all come together. We use it as a recruitment event. And um, we do a lot of pop and fun music that's all for boys. And, you know, we just kind of use that so they can see that choir is quote-unquote cool and blah, blah, blah. One song we did for that um, event is the Newsies Choral Highlights by Mac Huff. Um, oh, let me see how many. I think there's four songs in it. We just did two. Oh, there's three songs. Um, there's Seize the Day, Carrying the Banner, and King of New York. We did not do Seize the Day because just last year one of our middle school choirs had done Seize the Day. So we took that one out and just did Carrying the Banner and King of New York. And it's a TB arrangement, tenor bass. And my boys loved it. I think Newsies is really big right now because they just released the musical slash movie version on Netflix. So I have so many students who have been watching it and it's like so primarily male cast that a lot of boys are getting into it too. Um, so that one was really fun if you have any need for a um, all men or boys piece. Um, that arrangement only comes in TB. Ooh, there's a great piece for sixth grade or a uh, uh, beginning choir called The Hurricane that's um, arranged by Paul David Thomas. Um, the piece that we got is two-part, but technically it's three-part. There's quite a bit that has a three-part split that my sixth graders did have a challenge with the three-part because um, we did it pretty early on in the school year. But again, not, challenge is not a bad thing, um, but it does provide... You know how the choirs love to make the rainstorm effects. You get to do that in this piece. You get to make wind sounds. You get to do the leg pats that sounds like rain. You get to do all kinds of crazy things. Um, snaps, all that. 
it was really fun. Um, and last year I did it with my sixth graders and there was actually like hurricanes happening in Florida. And so that was kind of cool. Um, not cool that there was hurricanes, but, um, nice to make the connection and talk about, you know, the weather patterns and just, um, again, I love finding those, um, thing relationships between the music and the text that we're singing that we can make relative to their lives at the moment. Let's talk a little bit about a winter concert. Now, I'm probably going to give some examples that some of you are not going to be able to use because they do talk about Christmas, um, baby Jesus, Christ, etc. that your school might have limited you um, or you've chosen to leave that out, and that's totally fair. I also have plenty of um, recommendations I can give you that are just about winter and um, not holiday-specific, etc. Um, the first one is called Winter Song. It's originally by Sarah Bareilles and Ingrid Michaelson, and I would not really say this is technically like a holiday song by any means. Um, I think they're using winter as more of like coldness, like this is my winter song to you as in like, I I don't know, being unhappy and sadness, um, but still it's called winter song, so I feel like it fit in the theme just fine. I did it with my eighth grade girls choir, so I did the SSA arrangement. It's arranged by Matt Cuff. Um, there is an SAB and SATB arrangement. Um, you can do it a cappella, but there is a piano part that we use just to give us a little more support. There's also a pretty violin and cello part if you are so inclined. Excuse me. I did not use that, um, but my ladies in that choir really liked that piece. There's a great arrangement of the Holly and the Abbey by Russell Robinson um, that I did with my seventh grade choir last year. Um, it goes back and forth between 6-8 and 3-4, so kind of messing around with that compound simple meter. So it created a really good lesson um, just teaching the difference between those two meters too. Um, and I also just really liked how that kind of fit together. So it was a really nice traditional piece without sounding completely traditional to the audience either. Um, so again, that's The Hauling the Ivy by Russell Robinson. I did the three-part mix. Um, they also have SATB. Um, here's one that's Christmas specific. I did um, Sing We Now of Christmas with my sixth grader. So it's a two-part arrangement. It's by Christy Carey Miller. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say I don't know why, but I'm not sure why this one connected so well with them because it is such a tra traditional kind of old school song. Um, but they really liked this piece. And maybe it's because it's not so mainstream. You don't hear it that much anymore. Um, it was really fun. So that's a pretty straightforward piece that... Um, they had a lot of fun with. Again, that's um, Chrissy Carrie Miller's arrangement. Um, they, she also has it in a three-part mixed. Another one that I try to do, like one of these per choir, like for the whole concert, I usually try to do some sort of big medley, as in like one of those Christmas in three minutes, Christmas in 90 seconds, blah, blah, blah. There's like a million of them now. My students really like them because they get to sing kind of the classics that I, I kind of try to stay stray away from because they're just so oversung. Um, but it's fun for them because they only get to sing each song for like 15 seconds and they move on to another one. Um, so I do recommend one of those, just keeping it light and fun. And then you get the audience gets to hear like all of the Christmas songs rather than the 12 that you decided to perform at your concert. So if I'm sure there's a bunch of them. I've done Christmas in 90 seconds. Christmas in about three minutes. Those are the, the two that I've already experienced, but um, find the one that fits for you if you're so inclined to do a medley like that. I have to be honest, I'm going to tell you my next recommendation, and I, I don't know how many of my students would say that they loved it because I feel like they were almost a little embarrassed by it, but I think deep down inside they loved it. I did an arrangement of Holly Jolly Christmas by um, Greg Gilpin, and it involves kazoos. So basically the soprano and alto sing the melody 
and the um I think the baritones like have like a um holly jolly holly holly jolly like underneath it and then they switch and then they repeat back after the chorus and while the gentlemen are doing that um ostinato that's what I was thinking of um the sopranos and altos get kazoos out and do the melody on kazoos and it was really fun like the audience was not expecting it you know I bought a pack of really cheap kazoos I think it was like 72 kazoos for like 15 dollars on Amazon now a lot of them broke but you know whatever it wasn't a big deal um and it was just fun now again my kids were like oh my gosh this is dumb like some of them were a little bit hesitant about it but I think in the end they realized that it ended up being a really fun piece the next recommendation for a winter piece um, is the frozen choral suite so it's not actually any of these songs like love it's an open door want to build a snowman whatever it's the uh, the songs they use for like the coronation and the songs that the ice breakers sing in the beginning the vule I think is how you say it and the who I'm gonna butcher this Heimer all dollar <laughs> anyway both of those um, have a really cool effect, and they're they're from Frozen, but it's not the really overdone Frozen, um, so that's what I really liked about it. Now, to be honest, I did this when I was in my very first job, which was middle and high school, and I did this with a high school choir, so I did SATB. Um, so they have that in SATB. This is arranged by Roger Emerson, but they also have an SAB and a two-part, so I think this could be really attainable at the middle school level, too. Because um, middle schools, middle schoolers will also roll their, their eyes when they hear Let It Go. Um, so I think this is a perfect fit, kind of incorporating the movie without being in your face about it. Moving away from winter for a second, um, back to a festival piece. Come to the music I've done actually with a high school choir my first year of teaching, so an SATB arrangement, and I've done the two-part arrangement with a sixth grade choir. Um, both choirs really liked it. It's by Joseph Martin, and it comes in a variety of voicings, actually. It has SATB, SAB, two-part, SSAA, TTBB, the whole thing. There's also some orchestration if you want to do some um, craziness, but that's up to you. But I really recommend that one. That's really um, upbeat, driving rhythm, very fast and fun, and I feel like middle schoolers um, appreciate that, especially when they're coming to a festival piece. All right, I think that's enough recommendations for today. Um, if you're ever interested in like collaborating on more music, I would love to get more ideas. I, um, I really challenge, my, challenge myself to try to try something new um, that I've never done, but I am probably like you and where once I find a piece that I like and that's really successful, I do it probably too often. So um, collaborate with me and I would love to share ideas. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and um, Shoot me up for some more ideas that you'd like to hear about and some guests that you'd like to hear from. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.